0: It's hard to answer the question, you know, is SEO dead per se, but it's pretty easy to answer the question, is, is search and, and is SEO functionally where we need it to be today to serve our needs in the best possible way. You're listening to Data Unlocked, driving better marketing with better data. We're interviewing marketing leaders to discuss how they're using customer data to bring more deeply personalized experiences to market.
1: I'm thrilled today to have Toby Daniels on our podcast. Toby joins us as co founder at On Discourse. Yeah, I've been a personal friend of Toby for quite some time, Yeah, going back almost a decade when we shared office space with him at his previous start, which is a social media conference. Toby, welcome to the show. I'm you know, tremendously excited about our conversation here today. Thanks, Jason. Great. Uh, you want to make us talk a little bit about your background before we, we dive into today's topic?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a builder, operator, entrepreneur.
0: Um, I've spent much of my career the last twenty five years or so operating at the intersections of like media, technology, entertainment, marketing. Started my uh, out in the early two thousands building websites. Mid two thousands, transitioned into kind of building social networking technologies. Transitioned into the into the world of events and media and publishing through Social Media Week. And fast forward 12 years operating that company, exited to Adweek in 2020, transitioned out of there after being their chief innovation officer for a year to then start the next venture, which is uh, on Discourse. And I think the through line, Jason, honestly, when I look back, and it's always easier to kind of create the narrative when you're looking back as opposed to when you're looking forward. But I think the through line, I I think I've been fairly consistent about this. I've always just been very deeply um, interested in the role of technology, particularly in terms of like how it it enables us to connect and communicate in profoundly interesting and important ways. And you know, on discourse feels to me today to be very much the kind of like the manifestation of like many, many, many years, many decades of thinking long and hard about the ways in which we connect and communicate. The role of technology and how it can kind of shape and influence, and and, and in some cases like improve, and in some cases worsen, worsen um, the ways that we connect. And so, on discourse, just real quick, is it's a, a very early stage company. I have four sort of four co-founders, but also thirty-five co-founding members. We, we describe ourselves as a membership first media company that sort of sits at the intersection of business and tech. We really f- sort of are focused on how can we help. Um, our members unlock new ways of thinking in regards to the application technology to business, uh, which we execute through content, uh, through media, um, but then also through live experiences too.
1: Great. You know, and I think jumping into today's episode, I think you know, really few people understand the evolving world of media better than Toby. You know, and today we're going to be talking about you know, media, some disruptive trends, Google uh, and how generative AI is, is changing everything. You know, the mission on Discourse and you know, and really the through line rather. And Toby's career has been you know, connecting with customers. You know, and the elephant in the room around the internet, around every conversation they you could possibly have around connecting customers ultimately today is Google. You know, you know, Google, I remember when I was in grad school, came into play as this uh, new quirky interface that took a lot of the complexity that Yahoo had developed trying to catalog the entire internet. And just put a search box in front of it, and what do you know? You type in a few words, and you know, bada bing, it's a lot easier to use than what came before it. And here we are, almost two decades later. You know, in Chat GPT and OpenAI, you know, again, you know, ironically, you know, came to market with a with a text box, one that is you know significantly larger text box. And I think a lot of a lot of folks, and I'm sure a lot of listeners today, uh, have typed in a few words, a few sentences, even a paragraph or more, uh, and been generally impressed by what's been spent back. Yeah, you know, so today we're gonna to be you know focusing on this topic specifically around yeah you know, you know, Google's role around media, uh, Google's role in you know in driving distribution for the, the businesses of many of our listeners here today uh I'm really asking the question you know what's the future of SEO? Uh, what you know what role is generative AI and chat GPT playing in the, in the disruption you know and is SEO you know dead or will it be dead in the months or years as we know it and how should we start preparing and, and thinking about you know the this phase shift
0: I've had so, uh, so many conversations on this particular topic in the last like few weeks in fact we we even hosted an event um which you were able to attend Jason that looked very specifically at like the role, whether AI was going to kind of either destroy or or serve as an enhancement to kind of media and the media models, you know, in, in general. And I think this particular question around the future of SEO came up a lot, particularly because we, we can... It's very visceral right now, the shift that's happening. We talk about like shifts and transformations and all these sorts of things, but sometimes we don't like actually experience them viscerally and in the moment. But this feels like quite, quite seismic in terms of change. And I think we have to like admit to ourselves that like Google a- and that search experience was really shitty. Like it, it's it it offers an incredibly shitty experience. But like it's been really hard for us to admit that when there's been absolutely nothing um, that could serve as an alternative to the things that we need to do via the Google search engine. And and now with ChatGPT and, and other sort of similar products, there is kind of an alternative. I mean, I've actually had people who are like deep in the weeds of this stuff, actually folks over at Google who would argue that actually, you know, even Bard is not a particularly good alternative to using like the Google search engine. But the truth of the matter, it just depends. It depends on what you're trying to get done. What's very interesting for me is all of a sudden, the shittiness of that (laughs) user experience has been sharply brought into focus. There's an alternative that serves you in a different way and provides you with a different way of of approaching how we ask for things and how we um, pull information and insight to us. And in some cases, it's far superior in terms of providing a better, more effective, cleaner um, experience. And so we're at the beginning, of course, and and it, again, it's, this isn't really an apples to apples, but there's something in this that clearly represents um, a massive and potentially hugely disruptive uh, amount of change that is coming in the future. And, and I think that it's hard to answer the question, you know, is SEO dead per se? Um, but it's pretty easy to answer the question, is, is search and, and is SEO functionally where we need it to be today to serve our needs in the best possible way?
1: Let's take a, a ride backwards in time for a few minutes and just you know, talk about how SEO evolved as we know it today uh, and really how SEO works more broadly. And you know, I'm sure you know, many of our listeners, you know, looking at their Google Analytics reports, We'll see that five percent, ten percent, you know, or well into the double digits for many brands, uh, you know, of traffic is coming actually from Google keywords, you know, and not just paid, but certainly organic. You know, and the beauty of SEO is for anyone with a direct-to-consumer brand, or really, you know, anyone on the internet for that matter. Uh, if you see an opportunity, around at a gap in what people are looking for. You know, you can either bid on that keyword, or create content, uh, or bring a new product to market. Yeah, you know, that when someone you know, searches for. You know, whatever a new type of truck or a new type of clothing or you know has some sort of problem your web page can you know hit number one and you know, you can satiate you know that yeah you know, that gap in the market and that you know you know that point that point of consumer demand you know and google has made a killing around this ecosystem they, they built tooling around uh you know keyword insights both within adwords and dedicated tools for organic search you know so you know anyone can understand what customers are looking for Uh, They provide visibility around the effectiveness of keywords, both paid and organic as well. Uh, And again, the ecosystem, I guess the basic UI around Google, you know, is one where authorship, ownership of media, ownership of websites, ownership of the product SKU pages or the vacation destinations or wherever it may be, you know, that you have to offer on the open web uh, is incredibly clear. You know, even details in the UI, like verifying, uh, you know, who is the publisher or who is the retailer? You know, Google plays a hand. Uh, you know, in you know, in, in deep business identity. You know, is this a reputable website? Uh, you know, or is this some fly-by-night place? Uh, and even things like if you're not using HTTPS, if you're not using SSL, if you're not using modern security, Google. You know, in the last five years has cleaned a lot of that up as well. You know, so for Google, it's not just a matter of content, but it's a deep notion of identity, of brand identity, of personal identity, identity. You know, and it's it's really just this. Uh, you know, they, they've shaped the web materially in a world where, you know, Google may not have existed. You know, and as a result, you know, this is really where SEO comes. And, you know, Toby, I don't know if you want to talk about, you know, old school SEO and, you know, what things looked like five, 10 years ago. Yeah, you know, it's your perspective on the other side of that, you know, on your side. Well, I actually almost have a question
0: I'll put back to you in the way that you just described sort of almost the sort of the historical path that has led us to where we are today The question is great. I think Google, you know, obviously is the best in the world at everything you just described and how they have shaped the way that we think about the internet, how we think about the organization of information from the individual brand standpoint or the the destination standpoint, how we then uh, architect and design and optimize, you know, our presence according to those rules. But the question is, have those rules served us or, or are they serving us today in, in the way that you think they should? Or are we just operating and existing within a system that is either broken or or ultimately not optimized to, to serve me, my business, or or my specific goals in terms of what I'm trying to accomplish, particularly if you think about this in the context of of marketing?
1: I mean, look. You know, it all comes down to the consumer, you know, bringing it home to marketing. No one thought about how cool an electric car could be until, you know, Tesla came with their 15 inch screens and, you know, all sorts of uh, you know, fancy electronic gadgets that people wouldn't imagine would be inside of a car. You know, and guess what? You know, a year ago, uh, people were using Google, you know, and they were generally happy. You know, yes, you go on Twitter and the geeks would complain about quality and uh, and so on and so forth. But your average consumer, you know, guess what? You know, searches are up every year. Uh, People are generally fine with what they're looking for and they're generally happy. You know, the beauty with disruption and the beauty with technology is things come to market that consumers weren't expecting and then consumers have an aha moment and then consumer trends change. Yeah. So when I sort of hear your question, you know, I think, look, you know, as being the geek in the room you know who you know for the last several years has felt that Google could have been doing a lot better, yes, I would I would have argued that you know at, at sort of a, an existential or philosophical level rather, you know the ecosystem could have been a lot better. Uh, that being said, in the absence of ChatGPT, GPT, the ecosystem works and you know Google has not created a level playing field, but they have created a playing field. you know they've created one where, you know, brands can be with each other, but Google has the upper hand, Google sets the rules. Google one day three years ago decided to deprecate third party cookies. They realized that they were actually going to crater the entire ecosystem. They had to roll the whole thing back. You know, but it's that kind of power, you know, I think anyone on the other side uh you know has lived through uh and realizes how unequal things are. You know, and I and I and I say it this way because when you look at where chat GPT is today, it's it's both been incredibly disruptive and also incredibly terrifying around how immature it is. You know for listeners, you know, yeah for listeners who don't know how ChatGPT works, it's trained on the same data as Google. You know, the, you know, the same set of web pages, you know, you know, the same set of news articles. Uh, it has all the same inputs. But when I ask you know Chat ChatGPT, you know, you know, how do I make a, a ham sandwich? Yeah, you know, they don't give me 10 places with you know you know 10 reputable uh recipe sites to make a ham sandwich. Uh they just tell me how to make a ham sandwich. And as a consumer, you know, I don't care where the, the recipe came from. You know, but as a brand, uh, you know, if I run recipe, if I run all recipes or any, any one of the other you know, relatively large recipe sites, you know, this is, you know, this is very threatening, you know, because everything I just went through around the ecosystem that Google has built. Uh, you know, is completely uh, obfuscated, uh, anonymized. Uh, There's no notion of identity on the other side of the machine. You know, the machine just takes all the content, forgets about who built it, uh, who created it, you know, who popularized it, you know, or any of the things that are first-class citizens for you know for Google, uh, and then blends it into their uh, you know 1.76 trillion node. I think is the latest. Uh, you know, deep deep learning net. Uh, with GPT4, you know, to give the consumer the answer, which quite frankly is all they care about. But at the same time, you'll know, get to the heart of today's conversation in, in that you know, there's real disremediation here, you know, in the in the distribution channel known as SEO, you know, that so many brands have existed on, you know, just is not going to you know, exist in the current implementation of ChatGPT as it is today. And and do you think
0: we sort of touched on this before, but like oftentimes when we are experiencing change uh, that that's kind of very visceral very feels very real time there seems to be something new emerging every single day and the pace feels sometimes like a little bit overwhelming. but at the same time it will take time for the type of change we're talking about right now for for there to be a new lands for a new landscape that ultimately is either an improvement upon or replacement to SEO as we know it today it will take time. Do you have a sense of like, actually how long it will take? I mean, you referenced the kind of like Google walking back the whole cookies thing. I mean, that's just been years of just sort of conversation and sort of anticipation in terms of what that ultimately was going to represent and it still hasn't happened. So, so just to sort of try and ground this a little bit, like how long do you think it's going to take?
1: I think it could potentially move very quickly. You know, Google is playing defense. You know, Google owns the market. Uh, Google sets the rules. You know, Google is motivated by fear. ChatGPT, OpenAI, and the entire set of competitors behind them, you know, they see wide open opportunities. They're not afraid of making mistakes. They're not afraid of big swings. Uh, they're not afraid of moving too fast. You know, that being said, I think there are some fundamental changes that just need to happen. Uh, you know for the model to actually work yeah yeah you yeah, but yeah but I, I I think things I think things can move at a faster pace than uh I think folks might be ready for it to be moving
0: it's super super interesting and and I think you know protectionism particularly if you're Google and you you've essentially operated in a sort of mon- monolith um uh monopolistic way over all of these years it's like yeah you you want to hold on to that and it's it's like that I mean, do you really believe that they are investing in the idea of what it means to disrupt their own business? Because that sort of clearly kind of this is what it feels like. I mean, do you, do you do you imagine a world where, you know, we're looking at like their quarterly earnings in a couple of years time and we've seen the search business significantly shrink?
1: I think, look... I spent some time at Google many, many years ago, and you know, Google is 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 obviously a highly data-driven business. Um, you know, and you know, I don't have any you know, firsthand knowledge of how they're responding over there today, but I can tell you with you know, you know, a very educated guess that they have a, a very, very deep understanding of the types of queries that uh, people submit. You know, and and I think, yeah, you know, something that that I don't have visibility into, but it's a good question to ask is, you know. If you're on Google and you're searching for, for flights, you know, a flight from New York City you know, to Vegas, uh, you know, Google has Google Flights. Uh, and in two clicks, so you can spend, you know, 800 bucks on a round-trip flight, uh, and then Google probably makes some healthy chunk of, of commission off of that. You know, are people asking those kinds of queries in, in ChatsDB team? I mean, they're certainly not giving good answers today. So the answer is once you do it once, you're probably not going to do it again. You know, but, uh, you know, Google's probably thinking very deeply about that and the broader set of, Queries that they can service with structured results that have better commercial implications, you know. And I think you they probably you see where ChatGPT is eating into their queries as those that are less commercially, you know, you know today less commercially focused, you know. But you will change, you know, consumer behaviors. You know, so I think the question to ask is: Looking you Google Google can build good technology, but will they make you know will they make those big swings? you know, even just legally and copyright issue, The reason why. You know, Google had to buy YouTube. They had an identical product. You know, in Google, video. in Google Videos. Uh, I guess it was two thousand six, two thousand five. And the only reason why they lost to YouTube was that you know they we, was that in YouTube, if you uploaded your video, it would be ready in four seconds. Because guess what? YouTube didn't care about you know, you know reviewing the content, about copyright issues or not. They were YouTube. You know, they were the you know the fast growing, you know, hot, sexy. Video startup, yeah, you know, but Google's lawyers wouldn't let them do that. So you put your video up, you have to wait, you know, an hour, thirty minutes at the very least, if not longer. You know, and it just was not a satisfying, you know, content production experience. And because of that, YouTube's growth, you know, went at a much, much faster rate than Google Video, uh, and ultimately, uh, Google had to you know, purchase them before it got away from them. But now we're in a place where you know, both, you know, how OpenAI is structured you know, and the scale of this business, you know, it seems pretty much impossible at this point for Google to, you know, to make an acquisition of their business. So, you know, it is going to be fascinating.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, no, I've I've spent a a fairly decent amount of time both playing with and, and getting a deeper understanding of how BARD works and where that can fit into the kind of like broader ecosystem. But I've also spent time speaking to people, you know, over at Google and Barden to kind of get an understanding of kind of where their heads at. And it's interesting because the general sentiment is very different to the way they're being covered in the media. And I think a lot of what you said is right about like, you know, the anatomy of of Google and what makes them different. And they're obviously big, but they do build, they, they can build great products. But what, what I hear mostly and fairly consistently is that like, you know, we have a long way to go um, before this gets, you know, good. You know, they are so, and this is an important actually point for people to recognize, because sometimes it's hard to kind of, you know, read between the lines, that they are very deliberately calling Bard an experiment. Everywhere you look on the site, it's language in a very particular way. Um, they've never done that. There was no such thing as launching a product and calling it an experiment, like branding it as an experiment. Sure, there was like the beta version of something. And that was kind of like, you know, I guess, you know, geek code for the same thing. But they are they are lead- they're like leading with that messaging for a very particular reason. And that's because it's just like not a particularly great product. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and it has a long way to go, but they have to. Be- I mean, it's, it comes to this other point about building in the open, um, which is just, you know, a concept that I I find just su- super fascinating. And like Sam Altman and OpenAPI are so bullish on on building in the open. Um, and I think Google is skittish uh, on building in the open. They don't feel comfortable at all. And I'm interested, you know, do you have any kind of sort of th- you know, thoughts on that? Because does one win over the other because of one's bullishness and willingness to kind of be out there in the open experimenting, uh, taking these big swings and and probably making big and sometimes costly mistakes versus you know trying to be a little bit more closed door about it.
1: I mean, look, I don't agree with much of what Mark Zuckerberg says, but he does have a design philosophy that you know has always stuck with me, and that's you know you know his moniker of "build fast and break things." You know, but translate that into a more reasonable perspective. You know, success and innovation comes with. Uh, you are pushing yourself and, you know, making sure that you can learn from failure. You know, when you have a large business like Google, uh, even if the technology was great, calling an experiment, you know, internally and externally, you know, sets, you know, set, sets a precedent around it. You know, and I'll tell you, when Google Implements BART into Google mainline search. There's a knob, your basic precision, you know, recall knob, you know, that you know, can either turn it up. So it hits 8%, 12%, 15%, 25%, 50% of queries, uh, or turn it down. So it hits 8%, 6%, you know, or 2% of queries. And when you look at the powers that be, you know, clearly that kind of branding is a top down initiative. And the, you know, the aggressiveness of the knob is going to be closer to zero than, than to 100. You know, and that, and that issue alone is really limiting. Uh, for their ability to learn. Every time a query is answered, either well or not, is an opportunity to get feedback, qualitative and quantitatively, uh, around whether it's success or not. Yeah, you know, and if you don't jump in, you know, jump in with both, you know, both feet first. You know, it's just, it's just harder to really understand what's going on. Yeah, and it works totally. You know, so Toby, we're sort of getting getting to the, the 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 bottom of the episode here. One one question for you, and then uh, I'll recap and you know give folks an opportunity to. Uh, you know, to find you and learn more about on discourse. Uh, but if you were to have you know this conversation again uh, with anyone in the, wor- in the world, who would it be and why? Well,
0: the, my answer kind of goes back to you know why I'm sort of drawn to this space, this industry. Why I've, I've been beyond just professionally engaged for 25 years, but but very philosophically engaged and I enjoy reading around you know a lot of these things versus just being kind of in the weeds of what it kind of means for media or marketing and so Yuval uh, Harari uh, is one of my favorite writers I think Sapiens is just an extraordinary book a uh, brief history of humankind and so I think I would like to have this conversation with with Yuval and, and dig into kind of, you know, some of the more philosophical and ethical kind of like aspects of like how we should be thinking about the future. I also have been spending a lot lot of time with Sam Harris and uh, his podcast recently, and he's been popping up on some other people's podcasts as well. And I think he he's someone who has just such an interesting and very much an alternative take on, on some of the AI related things that we're talking about, and particularly kind of as we should be Again, thinking about our investment in the future, so either Sam or you are will, will be pretty good. But but honestly, Jason, you know you've been great.
1: <laughs> oh, that's that's very kind of you, Toby. Uh, you know, i really just you know recapping you know, at least on my you know takeaways from day to today. When you ask about the future of SEO, I think the question to ask is is what what is what is Google? You know, it's really two things at a high level. You know, number one is is a source of knowledge. You can ask Google. How do I make a ham sandwich? You can ask Google. You where do I buy a pair of pliers? You know, but it's also distribution. You know, it's a lifeline for so many brands. You know, from retail to you know to media, travel to experiences to you everything. You know, to connect with consumers. You know, through this incredibly powerful algorithm that you know has been as popularized its name as being synonymous with search. You know, but as we look forward, I think. You know, you know, we see something that on the knowledge side, and ChatGPT is incredibly disruptive. Uh, but all the questions around distribution are are, are completely wide open. Yeah, you know, and I do think things are going to move quickly, and I do think you know, ChatGPT and, and or whoever comes alongside of them, uh, you know, will be thinking very, very deeply about these. Uh, but certainly, the world, you know, one, two, three, and certainly you know, you know, three to five years from now is going to look incredibly different than it is uh, it is today. Yeah, you know, you know so, so so Toby, before we close out, maybe quick plug on. On Discourse and anyone who wants to learn more uh, about what you all are doing?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, if you enjoy engaging in you know a conversation around these different topics, but in particular, if you are really seeking to unlock a, a sort of you know new perspectives, new ways of thinking, um, and, and you're you're excited to be able to achieve that through through provocation and, th- and through discourse, then then definitely check us out. Come to undiscourse.com. Um, you know, we are a media platform. We are membership based. There is a, a way of accessing our content through a, a multiple tiers of membership. And, and we also uh, have a tier of membership for people who are interested in um you know coming together in the real world at our events and and connecting through you know many of the closed door off the record conversations that we facilitate on behalf of our members which is really where you find a a much more profound level of of understanding particularly around these sorts of of, of topics so yeah check it out on discourse.com
1: yeah you know, and as as a member uh, and as someone who's attended several of uh, on discourse's events uh, yeah the level of thought uh, is fantastic and in and, and the diversity and thought leadership across uh, attendees and members is, is, is excellent as well. So I encourage everyone to check out on discourse. You um, and with this, thank you to everyone listening uh, to this episode of the Data Unlock podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Simon Data, please visit us on the web at simondata.com or email us at hello at Simon Data.
0: You've been listening to The Data Unlocked. You can listen to more episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Simon Data. We help marketers unlock their customer data to deliver a better customer experience at scale.